please turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. And you know, Acts is an amazing book. And the more I study it, the more I realize how in today's day and age that we live, uh, how much we need boldness in our lives and also in missions and in, in giving and in preaching and in going and in life. And so I would like to speak briefly tonight about boldness in missions. As we think about issues that uh, come up in our world, uh, issues with gender identity, right? Uh, issues of social justice and issues of um, equality and age-old issues of um, honoring God and, and disobeying God and all of those things. Um, this world more than ever needs a message of hope, message of Christ who can transform lives. And so uh, tonight I want to pose this idea that we all must and can grow bolder in missions, grow in our boldness uh, by following these three principles. And first of all, it's securing our identity in Christ. Secondly, spending time with Jesus. And thirdly, being crucified with Christ. So Acts chapter 3 starts a whole series of events that led to the furtherance of the gospel. So if you will, let's turn to Acts chapter 3 and starting in verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. We see in Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this passage of Scripture and the ones that follow. Lord, I pray that you would challenge and burden us to grow in our boldness, uh, to uh, grow in our closeness with you, to help us secure our identity in you. Father, I pray that you would speak to every heart tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So what we have here is simply a just a run-of-the-mill prayer meeting. But can it can a prayer meeting be run-of-the-mill uh, event or or a, uh, time? Uh, no. But Peter and John are going, and it's just a regular day. They're going around the ninth hour uh, to the temple to pray with other believers, and an opportunity presents itself. A beggar calls out and asks for money, asks for some alms. And Peter and John fasten their eyes on him and, and ask the man to look up at them. And they say, listen, uh, silver and gold we don't have, but we have something better. And they, they shared Christ with them. Peter prayed and uh, 
asked the Lord to, to heal this man in front of the, this whole assembly of people around the temple. And this man was healed. And after this event, the Pharisees and Sadducees learned about this and grabbed Peter and John and started to interrogate them. And they were marveling. Why are those seemingly um, unlearned men, and they used the, the words unlearned and uneducated and uh, simple. Uh, it's where we get our word idiots from, uh, but just very simple, uh, very common people. Uh, where is that power coming from? And they, they understand that those are the disciples. They have been with Jesus. And so uh, they forbid Peter and John to uh, proclaim the name of Jesus. They forbid them from preaching in, in the name of Christ anymore. And that's when uh, Peter gets up and says, listen, uh, judge yourself. What should we rather do? Uh, should we rather obey you or should we rather obey God? Of course we're going to obey God. And so despite them being beaten and all those things, they came away rejoicing and continued uh, even, even more preaching. And then in Acts chapter 4, at the very end of the chapter, if we read verses 29 through 31, we read another prayer meeting that uh, Peter and James uh, organized uh, within the church. Um, and the church was praying because of those threatenings and of those prohibitions of preaching in, in Christ's name. Verse 29, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of, the whole, of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they, had asked, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. See what's happening? Seemingly ordinary prayer meeting gave opportunity for preaching in, in, in front of thousands of people when Peter was arrested. Uh, and then uh, it led to more praying, and it led to more preaching. And pretty soon, those disciples were unstoppable, and the, the message of Christ was, what was unstoppable. But it required boldness. It required saying, yes, we've been threatened. Yes, we've been admonished not to preach in the name of Christ. Uh, but we need to obey God. And so, it is important for us today to be bold. And in several areas that I'm going to mention, I already talked about preaching. And you know, the greatest thing about preaching is sometimes you get to use words, but actions speak much louder. And I'm going to touch on that in a second. But um, bold praying, you know, when we read this passage uh, just a second ago, Acts 4, 29 through 31, when they prayed, the place was shaken because the power of God fell upon them, and they went out with boldness proclaiming Christ. Uh, the early church displayed bold giving. We read in Acts chapter 4, the following verses, verses 34 through 37, uh, and actually going into chapter 5 with Ananias and Sapphira. But the practice was that uh, people were selling their possessions because they had so many uh, people in need. And may I remind you that 
uh, there's such a great need all around the world, and not just uh, with food, uh, even though many places, uh, people there eat just one time a day, uh, not just with shelter, and we think about refugees and the wars that are going on, uh, but with Bibles and spiritual food and uh, spiritual drink. And so those uh, men and women were selling their possessions and supplying the needs of others. And in our day and age, it is such a, uh, such a challenge for, for the church, such a challenge for each and every one of us, but also bold living. Uh, we read in Bar about Barnabas first time in Acts chapter 4, uh, in 30, verse 36, and Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite in the, of the country of Cyprus, uh, having land sold it, but more than that, uh, he took Paul under his wing, and he uh, encouraged Paul, and he, when the church at Jerusalem wouldn't accept Paul because of persecution that he started there, uh, he vouched for him. He invested his time and heart in Paul. And, uh, you know, that required boldness. Can you imagine the entire church um, council said, we don't trust this guy. And Barnabas had the boldness say, I'm going to, I, I, I know uh, because God has placed it on my heart, I know uh, he, is, uh, he is going to do something tremendous for the Lord. Uh, I will invest in him. I will vouch for him. I will put my time in him. And you know, that is so important. Joseph of Arimathea in Mark chapter 15, he was a secret disciple of Christ because he was part of the Sanhedrin. And so all of Christ's life um, he was hiding um, his allegiance to Christ. But when Christ was crucified, Pilate displayed boldness and, and came to him and basically uh, exposed that he was a true believer, that he was a true follower of Christ, and he asked for the body of Christ that he could bury it. And so, um, boldness, bold living, uh, bold going. Paul went... Uh, to places that uh, he didn't know what was going to wait for him in the end. Uh, he would go to Derby and Lystra, and the Jews there would reject Christ and their message and would cast him out of the city and would beat him and leave Paul for, for dead. And Paul would go again, not knowing what was going to happen to him the next day. And on his third missionary journey, when he was traveling back to Jerusalem, church after church and prophet after prophet, they were sharing with him that he was going to be bound and he was going to be uh, delivered to the Romans and he was going to be tried and, and be killed for his faith. And Paul said, I don't count my life dear to myself, but I count a joy to fulfill that that." run uh, that mission that God has given to me. And so, with boldness, Paul going, was going to Jerusalem and to the unknown. And can I just ask this question? 
is anything certain anymore? I think COVID has, has kind of proved to us that uh, we don't know what the next week or the next month hold. I remember the first days of COVID uh, in Russia, we as pastors were, were talking about, um, of course, they mandated us to close the, the, the church, the, the church um, assembly, and we couldn't meet together. Uh, and we were wondering, well, maybe it's just going to be for a couple of weeks. And then maybe it's going to be just a couple of months. Uh, and then they let us uh, assemble, but we still didn't know uh, when this, this thing was going to be over. But uncertainty, it's just part of our world anymore. We don't know uh, what tomorrow will bring, but we know who holds tomorrow. But it requires boldness to, to do things and to go to places that we don't know how things are going to turn out. What about going to difficult places? Paul was willing to go to difficult places, and early disciples were willing to go uh, to very hard, difficult places. And the Bible says they, they turned the world upside down. But, you know, think about uh, Ukraine and Russia. But think about China, Middle East. Are there any safe places? We heard of a young man going from uh, Kansas Expressway to close by Doling Park, and was shot and killed last night. That is the world that we live in. But you know, going to the inner city, or going to Washington, D.C., those are difficult places. But there are people there. And I sort of joke about Washington, D.C., but you know what? People there need the Lord. And we need churches there. And we need churches in the Middle East, and we need churches in Russia, in Ukraine, in China, and Mongolia, and all the countries that are represented here by those flags. What I'm trying to say, our job is not yet done. And it would require boldness to go despite of uncertainty, despite of complex political situations and all those things. Uh, but here's another thought. you know. Think of a time when you got saved. Think how available the, the gospel was to you. There were churches all around you here in the United States. There are Christian bookstores. There are Christian films and radio stations. There are all kinds of books. There are co-workers. If you take a place like Russia, when I, when I first came to the United States, I've never even touched the Bible ever in my, in my life. Uh, but now, we also have bookstores everywhere. If a person wanted to get saved, Christian witness is available. It's almost like a hand reach uh, to, to a Christian or to a church or something like that. If you think about China, it's much, much less. But there are still places in this world that not only don't have a lot of churches, if a person wanted to get saved, it's virtually impossible for them because 99.99999% 99 
of people around them are not saved and a lot of times are hostile to Christianity. There, there are places that pe people are not just unevangelized, but they're, um, they're also called unengaged. There's, there's nobody close enough uh, for them to hear the gospel from. And unless somebody is bold to, to say, I will go and I will take the gospel, I will go and translate the scripture because there's no scripture in their language, I will go and, and learn the language and communicate about Christ's love, those people will remain unreached. So that sets up the reason why we need to be bold. But let's talk about how can we grow in our boldness. And just like I said, uh, the first principle is that my identity is secured in Christ. Because what happens, uh, and I, I'm an example of this. I, was wondering in my life, you know, I, I know Jesus and I know uh, that I'm supposed to witness, but it's scary. It's, it's uh, wh what are they going to say? What if I don't know how to answer? What if they don't like me? And in all of those questions, but do you know what, what stands in the, in the way uh, between them and, and Jesus is me. What if they don't like me? What if I don't know the answer to their question? What if, uh, you know, I say something stupid and would look bad and, and all those things, but, but my identity is not in Christ, but is in what, how I'm going to perform. But here's a wonderful passage of Scripture, John chapter 1 and verse 12, if you would turn there. John chapter 1, verse 12. It's page 1443 in my Bible. Uh, John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. And what God is saying to us here, if we repent, if we call upon Christ, uh, he gives us the authority to become sons of God, God's dear children. But the passage in, well, I'll tell about that in a second. Uh, so what that means is, as a child of God, I can come boldly before God's throne when I have a need of something because that's my dad. And as a child of God, I am loved and I'm accepted and I'm received not because of something that I do, but because I am. I am his child. And I don't need to seek acceptance in the person I'm witnessing to or in a person that I am preaching to or uh, anything else. My acceptance uh, is in Christ, and Christ already has accepted me based on the finished work of Christ, based on the spilled blood of Christ. Because I'm a child of God, he will supply everything that I truly need and my identity as a child is in Christ, not in my performance, not in what I do for him. And some people will ask, well, what about your ministry? What, what about um, our good works? Again, the scripture, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, for by grace are we saved through faith. 
and that is not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, and not of works, lest any man should boast. But the following verse is very awesome. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We do serve Christ, and we do good works because we love him, not to be accepted, not to be um, loved and uh, received and all those things. So when I go and witness to somebody, I just tell them what God has told in his word. And it's not my word. It's not my message. It's Christ. And I think uh, you've heard that a million times that, you know, they're not, if they are rejecting, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Christ. But still, if our self gets in the way, that causes us to stumble. And it requires boldness to, to go despite that fear, despite that un- discomfort and all those things, because I am secure in my identity in Christ. Secondly, boldness comes from spending time with a great God. See, you can't trust somebody that you don't know. Uh, you imagine you uh, read Craigslist and you're maybe buying a car and there is uh, a car that you want and it is such a good deal that makes you wonder and you totally don't know the person and you know it's it's hard to trust somebody you don't know and it's also hard to trust somebody you don't know well but when we spend time in God's Word, right? When we read the Scripture and we, we see God's heart, we see that time and time again, God has been faithful. Uh, God has kept His Word. God has fulfilled what He promised. God has been so good. And we, we read it over and over and over. And we experienced it in our lives. And, and the closer we get to the Lord, the more we, we trust Him, uh, that's where the power comes from. That's where the boldness of Peter and John, uh, though they were simple men, though they were unlearned, uh, but they had the power of God on them. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. Ephesians three Well, we can look it up starting with verse 11. According to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Wherefore, I desire that you feign not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Uh, God's purpose for us is that we would find boldness in Christ Jesus in that relationship with Him. I already quoted or maybe paraphrased Hebrews chapter 4. Let me read it again. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. A wonderful passage of Scripture. It reminds us of the blessing that we have of coming to Christ. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And what a needy time we live in. 
uh, more, and ever, more than ever, we need to pray and beg God to intervene and to, to help and to do what only God can do. And then again, wonderful passage in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. And this is the confidence we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. That's where we can get boldness because we have a relationship with, with God, and the more time we spend with Him and uh, intercede and, and hear His will and he, hear His Word, the more we can uh, pray and ask things that only God can do. So how do we grow in boldness? First of all, we secure our identity in Christ. Secondly, we spend time with Christ. And thirdly, boldness comes through dying to self. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Again, my favorite verse of Scripture in the New Testament, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Dying to self and carrying my cross daily, that's a command of Christ. And the byproduct of this is boldness. Because again, when we, when we die to self, there's nothing less who needs to fear or who needs to um, be comforted or, or something like that. Remember Peter? Do you know what his problem was? His ego. He was, he was so wrapped up in, in himself and that uh, manifested in him constantly comparing himself to others. Remember before Christ's crucifixion, Christ is telling his disciples how he's going to die. And he says, you will all just fall away. You will run away. And Peter looks at the disciples and says, uh, Jesus, I'm going to die for you. Even though those disciples will run away, I will never run away. I will die with you. And Jesus says, we'll see. Before cock crows three times, you shall deny me three times. And that's exactly what happened. And we find Peter in John chapter 21 saying, I'm going fishing. And some disciples went with him, and they caught nothing at the end of the night. And then they see this figure on the shore who says, have you gotten any fish? No. Well, come over. I got, I got dinner ready or breakfast. And that's when Peter realized that's Jesus. And so he uh, runs to him because he understands that the distance that developed between them, and he wants to make things right. And so he comes and he sees Jesus, and Jesus already has fish uh, on, the, on the grill. And as they're eating, Jesus asks this profound question. Do you love me more than they, than those disciples? And Peter, brokenhearted, says, Jesus, you know my heart. You know that I love you. God gives him command, feed my lambs. And three times Jesus asks this question, and three times Peter says, you know I love you. 
And three times Jesus tells them what Peter should be doing. And then he tells them what kind of death he's going to die. And even in that circumstance, Peter turns around, looks at John, and says, Jesus, I'm going to die crucified upside down. What about him? And he is constantly, you know, comparing himself with the disciples. But you know what? That was ego speaking. That was his self. That was his, his flesh. And you know how it ended? Peter became bold. But only when he stopped comparing himself with, with others and he realized there's only one. I don't need to please anybody except for Christ. I don't need to impress anybody. I don't need to show off or anything like that. I'm solely focused on Christ. There's no me. It's only Him. So that's one picture. The other picture of being crucified with Christ and denying yourself looks a lot like, remember this rich young ruler that came to Christ and he was so proud. He was so uh, impressed with himself. And he said, Jesus, what can I do or what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, keep the commandments. Not that you get saved or uh, get right with God by keeping the commandments, but that was a that was a thought or that was a um, way to, to shake this young man and to help him realize where his righteousness is coming from. But he totally missed the boat. He, he said, well, I've kept the commandments since my youth. Uh, I, I perfectly kept the law. And then Jesus says, fine, just give away your possessions and follow me. And that got to him. And that pricked his heart. And he went away sorrowful. Why? Because his identity was wrapped up not in Christ, but in those possessions. You know, sometimes if you, if you lose something precious, it, it, it hurts. But the reason why it hurts, because you feel like you've lost a part of you. But when our identities are only wrapped in Christ... There's nothing left to lose. It's just like if I get in a car accident and lose an arm, I don't, I'm not less of a person. I'm not less me. Just my body has one less arm. And the same thing with possessions. Possessions are just tools for us to use for God's glory. But unless we uh, understand the proper relationship with possessions and, and money and Christ uh, in our ministry, uh, it all gets out of whack. But we need boldness that comes from dying to self. And you know, boldness comes from a right standing before God. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1. Proverbs 21, 
verse 1. I'm sorry, Proverbs 28, verse 1. The Bible says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I want to be bold as a lion because more and more, I think the world that we live in give us an opportunity or make us to stand before rulers and before authorities and before people with power. Uh, and we have to give an account for our faith or we have an opportunity to tell people why we believe the way we believe. And it's an awesome opportunity, but yet it's also maybe frightening. And the Bible calls us to boldness as a lion and to radical following Jesus Christ. What I want to finish with is this. Uh, our life is just a vapor. Only one life, it soon will pass, and only what's done for Christ will last. As we talked about Barnabas and, you know, bold living, do you have somebody in your life that you're investing your time, your beliefs in, maybe a grandchild, uh, maybe a coworker, uh, maybe another uh, person, a neighbor, or somebody else. God has placed you where you are on purpose. And what would boldness look like in your circle of influence? What about your time? How is bold usage of your time look like? What if you find a person who you're really impressed with and whom you consider a bold individual? bold for Christ, bold Christian, what if you ask him or her to be your mentor and spend time with that individual, but not just mimicking and copying their actions, uh, but really get to know how they think and how they believe and mimic that and, and take, take that and follow the Lord. I love the verse uh, that Paul writes, be followers of me as I also am of Christ. And Paul was setting himself up to be a standard, if you will, uh, that others could follow uh, because Paul was a good example of Christ. How is your life? Can you say in your life that I want others to be like me? just like I am a follower of Christ, just like I am obedient, just like I am faithful, just like I am trustworthy, just like I am bold. What does boldness look like in your life? 